0: to Poldark Podcast, dedicated to the discussion of the Poldark Saga. And we are your hosts.
1: My name is Rita. I live in England. I Tumblr at Princess of Poldark and I tweet at Rita Byte. I'm
2: Michelle. I live in the States. I Tumblr at Poldark Muses and I tweet at Musings.
0: And I am Delonda. I live in France, although I'm currently in Colombia. I Tumblr as British so and tweet at Delonda Dia.
1: Welcome back to part two of our season four recap podcasts. Now, if you listened last week, you will have heard us discuss our opinions on the season. And if you haven't, why the hell not? Go listen to that ASAP. This week's podcast is more of an inbox style discussion where we hear what you guys thought of season four. But before we begin, uh this
2: is your reminder that... Duh! A Season 4 recap episode will have Season 4 spoilers, so this is your warning not to continue unless you've seen the season. Alrighty then, let's start! Okay, so
0: first message from Anonymous who said, Season 4 was better than Season 3, but it was still really rushed, leaving the characters to act scenes out with as little dialogue as possible. It was very book accurate, but because Season 3 was not it... It was not, it made it it made the main two characters have a change of personalities yet again. Show Ross of season three would not have visited Hugh Armitage if he knew he was shagging Demelza. Show Demelza of season three would not have gone either. People do change, but Ross is volatile. He would have smashed Hugh Armitage in spite of he had no right. Either stick to the book or stop adding modern words.
2: Hmm. Well, you know, there are some interesting things that uh, this uh, Nani had to say. Um, I think the book, the 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 phrase, it was very book accurate. Uh, very, really? Do we need that qualifier? I mean, it was, it 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 was book accurate, but I don't know. What do you think? It was more book accurate than series three?
1: I think so. You do. In in terms of characterization, I think they slightly resembled the book, Ross and Demelza, more than season three. Mm. But then season three, they were like, they had the same names, (laughs) but they were completely different people. (laughs) True enough, true enough. And I totally
2: agree that uh, Ross never would have visited Hugh Armitage if he knew that Demelza had met up with him and and been unfaithful uh you know that's one of the the key things in the in the books hashtag in the books uh that ross never really knows the poem that he saw could have been just wishful thinking on hugh's part because you know bad poetry uh but You know, it also could have been um, a reference to what exactly happened. And Demelza never says anything about it. Um, She changes the subject a lot of the times when uh, it comes up. But uh, so, yeah, this Ross pretty much knew that there was some, some shagging going on. At least I think so. He
1: weirdly encouraged it. He was like, Go on, go go find him. I'm angry with you right now, so bugger off. That's and then she did.
2: That's true. It's like if you're looking for X kinda of man, that's not me. Bye. Bye girl, bye. Yeah.
1: <sighs>
2: so so yeah, thanks.
1: Thanks, Nani. We agree. Um <clears throat> so our second message is from other Michelle from the book club. <laughs> Hi, other Michelle. Hello. She said, The show never made Elizabeth accountable for her, her part in emotional infidelity to Francis and Ross trying to destroy Ross's marriage night with Ross, etc. And especially in last episode, Elizabeth is portrayed as an innocent victim, i.e. Ross apologizes to her. Demelzer and mawena make an effort to be friendly towards her. In truth, Elizabeth is pretty much equally responsible for the emotional and physical affair with Ross and is completely responsible for her emotional infidelity to Francis, and for trying to destroy Ross's marriage. The book treated Elizabeth and her culpability in all of it very differently, which was part of the point of her harrowing and very ugly death. The thing that she most dearly prized, her beauty, grace and charm, was what she lost in her agonising death. Hmm. What do you guys think? Oh, I agree. agree. Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know,
2: we all and we have talked about this uh probably since the beginning of the podcast that the current adaptation uh has done uh quite a bit to soften uh, Elizabeth's uh personality and her and to increase her likability uh for the current audience because this elizabeth was not friendly to demelza at all really um and if she did then the reason why she was and particularly that first christmas at trenwith was because she wanted to impress ross or show ross that you know she could be kind blah 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 it, it there was no sense of oh you poor thing let me try and help you get through this first experience yada yada yada. Uh,
1: other michelle pointed out the way her death mm-hmm. um was so much of a response to her personality that her clinging on to her her beauty mm-hmm kind of undid her in the end. I think that is part of what is so shocking about her death. Mm-hmm. And By cle- completely like ripping that aspect of her personality out of her during the adaptation, they really undermined a lot of the emotional punch of her death. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, meh. It was the most meh death I've ever seen. <laughs> just... <laughs> And now she's dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you think of some of the deaths on this show, even for minor characters that we haven't... Like, Jago's freaking death at the start of the season was just... We didn't know that man, and mm-hmm. yet I was so moved by his death.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm.
1: I think um, that was in part because he seemed like a much more well-rounded character. We saw his flaws and his connection to other people... And ironically, despite being on the show for much, much longer, Elizabeth wasn't as well-rounded. She was just a caricature that just molded to whatever the scene needed to be, rather than like an actual person.
2: Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I mean, you know, think about, you know, when Henshaw died. You know, R.I.P. Henshaw. Um, you know. I
1: don't like to think of it.
2: <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, it, that's what we're talking about you know we got these characters that you know when they died you felt it you really felt it and with this one you know i I, and perhaps it's different for folks who haven't read the books and delanda you know you are you know our non-book reading (laughs) guinea pig um so, <laughs> so, you know, I don't know how the, it came across for you if it was uh, any more impactful uh, than either of the two of us thought it was.
0: No, I agree that Elizabeth's death, even though it was not her biggest fan, it was not impactful at all. And like you just said, um, the death of secondary characters were actually much more moving. But now how they show that uh, in the adaptation, we know that her death is going to have, I think, lifelong consequences on pretty much everybody's lives when you think about it, because Ross, Valentine, George, uh so I don't know if it was purposefully done, but they definitely did not put the emotional impact of that I think a major character should have had, like Francis.
1: Quick question. How do we feel about uh, Ross apologizing and then the scene where Demelza and her are suddenly buddy-buddy again and, like, she's being nice to more She suddenly just had a one-episode redemption arc, which was uh, manipulative, Yeah,
2: right? Yeah, very much so. Um, I thought that the... I could buy the apology much more than the whole meet up in the graveyard <clears throat> thing or meet up at the church <clears throat> thing uh with Demelza and uh Elizabeth and Morwenna <clears throat> I, 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 no not not Anne Morwenna, but you know what i mean um that was so that was so unnecessary um mm-hmm. and so out of book context that I really just kind of rolled my eyes when I saw it for the first time. I was just kind of like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Yeah, it was, it was, it was completely ridiculous, in my opinion.
0: But yes, just thinking about the scene, uh, the church scene uh, with Elizabeth, uh, I think that they made her so... I mean, I haven't read the books, but we know that uh, just from what we've seen from the 1970s version, that they created two completely different Elizabeths, And either it's because they wanted to um shape her for, quote, modern audiences and mm-hmm. really emphasize the love triangle, as if Ross had a choice to make eventually, But I agree, I cannot speak for the apology scenes, but just the scenes in general that we've had between Elizabeth and Demelza, they were too
1: anticlimactic for me. I just Mm -hmm. felt they were quite cheap, and like, I feel like I've seen that type of scene a billion times before, right before somebody dies, they suddenly have a huge change of heart, and they're suddenly like, Mm -hmm. it just feels too manipulative to me, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan of that. Yeah, I mean I think it would sort of have yeah, been more it, emotional it's... if the her death had come out of nowhere and it was like a shocking twist like um but having her do all these things and befriend everybody again after burning so many bridges just mm. made it seem so mm. obvious that she was doomed.
0: Yes. Okay. <sighs> So moving on to another messages, a message from another anonymous who said, I have to agree with Rita. Oh about my season God. Two. Finally.
1: A fast. <laughs> 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 Woohoo.
0: I too enjoyed it more than season four. Apart from the two episodes of the trailer and the season two was more heart wrenching example, Harvest scene, Bot Rescue, Francis's death, oh my god, episode 209, Demelza in bed, so heartbreaking. You actually felt her pain in 208, 209, 210. Season 4 is my third best, even though it had some great Romalza scenes, none of them came close to the stalking scene that was better than the sheet scene. Season 4 was all about Banks and Ross and Demelza trying to start again after what they both did.
1: <laughs> so um, Delonda you went here last week so I'm just curious mm. to know what's yeah. your stance on ranking the seasons and do you prefer season 2 <laughs> or season
0: 4 oh uh, well without hesitation season 2 and if I had to rank uh, the seasons that would probably be season 1 season 2 season 4 and season 3 but yes, uh, why do I prefer season two? Well, because one, we waited for it for like forever, <laughs> so I think we were, <laughs> so I think everybody was so excited to to see new episodes, and uh, I also agree about the emotional um, scenes that we had between Demelza and Ross, even though they had, they were, I think, much more naked (laughs) in the season. Um, season two, there was more subtlety and uh, sensuality. And I agree that the stocking scenes, even though they were completely clothed, (laughs) fully clothed, that was probably their sexiest scene, I think. Or maybe after the blue dress scene, I don't know, but that was probably, uh, in the top three scene. Of the most, um, of the <laughs> hottest scenes that
2: we had. <laughs> oh, well, I'm fine with being the sole person that liked Series 4 better than Series 2.
1: Go <laughs> back and watch Series <laughs> on this 2, because it was, like,
2: hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm not disputing that that stalking scene was uh crazy out there, uh, yowza. Um, it, you no, know, that was, that was really, really well done. And God was I so glad to see that they kept that in there because when I read the book, uh, I, I thought to myself, Oh my God, that is going to be something amazing to watch. And I knew that, uh, both Aiden and Eleanor would be able to deliver on that. Um, but, uh, so I'm really, really happy that they kept it in. Uh, but, I think I'm still a bit scarred. <laughs> I think I'm still a bit scarred with you know just the 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 inevitability of Ross um going to trend with that night and the impact that that wound up having uh, on their life, um, and especially the way that it was so unresolved. Uh, at the end of series, t- uh, two, where they're kind of reconciled, sort of, but not really. Uh, and, you know, of course, we missed the, the whole apology that Ross makes to Demelza. I mean, think about this. Remember, he still hasn't apologized, <laughs> he apologized he to you know?
1: mm-hmm. He apologized to Elizabeth before Demelza.
2: He apologized to Elizabeth.
1: <laughs> but he hasn't apologized
2: to Demelza yet. Um anyhow. Uh so I think that that that's why uh series 4 uh at, at least uh I I like that one a, a little a little better than series 2. Um but yeah. I'm I'm fine with it. Really, I'm fine.
1: Delundra and I just like the angst, what can we <laughs> say? We're masochists. We clearly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh
2: <laughs> gosh. Uh angst. It's what makes Unless you're a con. No say no TV to dranks. No God. Oh, right, right. Drankst is a whole nother issue. Um let's see. Uh we have a uh comment from Grace. Actually she sent us an email, I think it was. Um so Grace, thank you very much for the email. Uh, let's see. She says, I love books. I have read all my life. Historical, historical, contemporary saga, thrillers, classics, many genres, but nothing has taken over my life like the Poldarks. I saw the 70s series as an impressionable teenager. I fell in love with Robin Ellis. I wanted to be Demelza. I discovered the books and read the first seven, one after another, and then had to wait to read the others as Winston Graham wrote them over many years. Acquiring a home computer at the turn of the century and then learning about search engines, you can imagine the first thing I searched for, (laughs) Poldark, (laughs) only to discover Winston Graham had written his last book, Bella Poldark. What joy! Uh, I have had many holidays in Cornwall and explored the places Winston Graham wrote about in Poldark's Cornwall. I thought I was the only one with this obsession. In 2014, I read a little article about a new series of Poldark being made, and then Poldark took over my life. I'm not on social media, but I've read every Poldark tweet. I've read comments on forums. I've looked at public Facebook pages, and I've followed your wonderful podcast from the beginning. Thank you, girls. You have done an amazing job. (laughs) Thank you. Your voices are like friends in my house. You make me laugh. You make me angry. You make me think. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) that is really great uh the first series of poldark was truly beautiful and close to the books each program in the other three series have varied in quality but all have little nuggets of joy in them as well as those others why did they do it like that moments the cast of actors (laughs) has been brilliant with some outstanding performances i think eleanor tomlinson should have more credit for bringing Demelza to life and showing her character develop from slovenly servant to a beautiful, capable woman. We all get caught up in the, with the little details, plot character changes we don't like, but I do think we are all very lucky. For myself, I can't think of any other work of fiction that is an all-around sensory experience. I live the Poldarks through the books, all the television programs, 70s and today, I listened to the audiobooks, and Dudley's wonderful spiritual music, and your fantastic podcasts. I've met George Prudy, Debbie Hornsfield Horsfield, excuse me, and Andrew Graham at Talks, and I've visited Cornish places described by Winston Graham and the beautiful scenic places used by the film crews. I'm nervous about the fifth series, but I'll take it, whatever it is. I just don't want all this oh, to what end. What a
1: beautiful email. Oh, <laughs>
2: Oh, Beautiful notes. Oh, thank you so much. That is such a wonderful, wonderful message to share with us. Uh, I think that, that all three of us would agree that this show has taken, or this, this saga has taken <laughs> over our lives in a certain, in a certain way. Obviously, you know, cause we're on a podcast about the, the about the saga. Uh, but, you know, it is despite the fact that we are often in disagreement with how, or in some cases, <laughs> dismay with how, uh, we've, uh, seen things portrayed in the modern adaptation. Uh, you know, we wouldn't have those feelings of, of disappointment or dismay if we didn't absolutely love these characters, uh, this story, uh, and the place, Cornwall, uh, it is, uh, absolutely brilliant. And I, I know myself, I mean, I was a ma, I'm, I'm still a massive Harry Potter fan and, and was active within the, the fan community for a number of years. But this has superseded any of the enthusiasm I once had with, uh, the Potter fandom. Suck it, like JK Potter Rowling. Series. no don't say that i mean i still i still listen to her audio the audiobooks to go to sleep at night um i'm
1: only half joking
2: um yeah (laughs) thank you thank you jim dale for the amazing job you do on the potter audiobooks if you haven't heard those go for it they're awesome um but you know, this, this saga, hell, I'm going back to Cornwall for the second time in so many years. Um, in the second time in two years. So it's, it's becoming an annual thing to go and immerse myself in the, the area and, uh, to, to experience Cornwall, uh, through the, through the, the eyes of someone who is just if not more, um, impassioned about the, the series, uh, than I am. So it's, thank you for sharing that. You, you have kindred spirits in the three of us. Ladies, okay, what do you moving
0: think? On to, <laughs> moving on to another message from another anonymous submitter who said, Excellent podcast, girls. You are right. Why don't Ross and Demaza ever talk to the kids? It looks so odd. When Demelza met Ross by the cliff, it was New Year's Eve. Demelza would have frozen <laughs> to death in that red dress. They never mentioned the turn of the century, I think because of season five. They may carry on from there. I don't think Debbie Horsfield wants us to know what year we're in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we feel you. Oh my God, yes. Oh my God, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think oh if, God. I think there, that, that we probably have, um, a number of regrets about kind of how things have have shaken out over the course of the four series. But I, you know, the, the, the kids, the, the, the way that the, the kids are just kind of, kind of sprinkled in there like, you know, (laughs) pieces of the set. Yeah, exactly. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, is really distressing.
1: Particularly because we know that they become major players, in the saga, and it seems really strange to have characters running around knowing that they're so vitally important to the saga, and then just having them stand in the corner (laughs) and not speak. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, and we know that, I mean, we know that the relationship that Ross has with his son is a pivotal point in how that that child develops and the decisions and choices that uh, he makes as a young man. Uh, And, you know, we don't have that basis of development um, because we haven't seen him, you know, interact with uh, Jeremy the way that it would kind of lead us to... See, you know, down the road, 10 years from now, uh, kind of how things turn out and what that relationship looks like. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens if rumors are true and we may have a Series 6 sometime down the road after we get some gray hairs thrown (laughs) in there somewhere. I
1: mean, it's super bizarre to me because they've made the choice to um, establish ross's relationship with jeffrey charles to such a huge extent um and then they just completely ignored his relationship with jeremy i mean there's a Mm -hmm. purposeful contrast between those relationships in the novels and in the tv show there is a contrast but it's almost just an afterthought to maybe throw in Jeremy occasionally like oh yeah remember he's a kid Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) they'll show you them like once an episode like don't worry (laughs) Prudy's looking after them that may be in London but it's okay
2: I mean I did love the the scene in series 3 where uh, Ross actually makes the suggestion of staying longer in london and you know Aww. sending for the children and you know that kind of thing i mean that i loved that scene and you know that was something that i don't remember I being in the book and you know that was one of the things that i was just like oh wouldn't that be wonderful they stay a little bit longer and the kids come and join them and they have an experience in london at all oh,
1: and then everything I was like turns to shit a little bit party. pissed. I was like <laughs> um, I know everything's going to you know, go to shit. This is a horrible thing to suggest. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like oh my god, they're make, they're bringing us to this emotional high point and they're just going to send us down into the dregs when Monk starts his foolishness. So uh, Anyway, thanks anonymous. That was <laughs> that was great and thanks for bringing up the whole um issue with the kids because it is it is glaring it is a glaring omission
1: um next message was from Erica she emailed us to say hi ladies i'm currently on a rewatch of season 4 overall i thought it was an improvement on season 3 but i do think that the season felt too rushed and too much was crammed into eight-hour-long episodes. And as a result, storylines, some character developments, etc., just felt short-changed. I'm curious as to what you guys felt about that. Do you think that Debbie Horsfield or Mammoth or the BBC could have stretched out the angry tide to two seasons instead of just one? The, I mean, the first thing I'd point out was that That wasn't one season of The Angry Tide. That was half of the previous book, The Four Swans, and the whole of The Angry Tide. So we got, again, one and a half books. (laughs) If it had just been The Angry Tide, I think that that could have fit in one season. As much story as there is, I think, had it happened over eight episodes, I think that would have been enough but because of they still hadn't finished the four swans it just got muddled and there was too much happening
2: yeah i mean the decision to have series 3 incorporate you know black moon and half of of uh four swans um as soon as i had heard that i was just like oh crap we're going to be we're going to be in trouble because there's no way that they can do justice to those three books, Black, Black Moon, Four Swans, Angry Tide, in two series. There's no way to do that. Um, and, you know, if they'd had each of those books, uh, incorporated into a single series each, we would have had our five series and things would have been all tied up in a fine. bow <laughs> at the end of series five and you know, we would have been, okay, great. Now we've got the ten year time jump. Uh, you know, if they had announced a series six for some time down the future, then I I probably would have been incredibly enthusiastic to, to know that either you know, that that Aiden Turner and Eleanor Tomlinson and, and the gang um were committing to a sixth series uh that would begin to incorporate some of the 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 books that occur after the 10 year time jump uh, you know, like 5 10 years from now that would have been awesome uh but uh damn was not to be. And, you know, I think that in in a a large part of the responsibility for this falls upon the BBC. Uh, You know, because of the way they issue uh, a a series their screen time, you know, instead of saying, okay, we're going to do this in five series, you know, you get eight episodes in each series, go for it you know, from the very beginning, you know, instead they, they they give this stuff to them piecemeal. So, you know, they don't get approved for another series until, you know, after finished the first I would actually blame Mammoth Screen one. for
1: this. Um, because yes, because as soon as um I think it was like just in like the fifth episode of series one came out, I was reading a lot of stuff in articles about how the bbc had gone to mammoth and said you know if you want to continue do it because they had been so successful that they had been basically like we will give you five series of the show if you start planning out how you want to allocate those books you will get yeah you will get this oh! many series um it wasn't technically official They didn't. you know oh! the bbc works is they will only set out a budget for like the next few years because it is publicly funded. So they uh-huh. have to make sure that they're not giving right. out, like if series two had come out and it had been like really unpopular, they wouldn't have been able to fund like a series three and a series four. Um, So they had, they already had mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, an agreement in place that they would do the first like half of the, saga basically is what i i I had read i don't know if that's true but i get the basic sense that they left it up to the production company about how they they would allocate those books to Uh. how many series and i think what something went on with mammoth that they felt the need to jam as many books into each series as possible i know that at one point, series two, BBC, the BBC had given them enough funding and then and expected ten episodes, and then it went down to episode it, nine episodes in the end. So I think maybe there was a problem, like they couldn't get mm-hmm. enough funding or something. But I think, I think Mammoth was also mm. trying to cut costs for the production at some point. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I do blame Mammoth Screen. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Don't take us off the air. <laughs> well,
2: thanks for thanks for that because I I had no idea that that's kind of how things rolled. Um, you know, basically, you know, here in the in the states, you know, a lot of these television shows, you know, if they do really well in the ratings, you know, they're you know given multiple seasons all at a t- at a single time, uh, and so you know they're able to produce as many shows as they want and and if the show doesn't succeed then the show's just canceled (laughs) so you know it's like okay so it's canceled and you guys are done see you later bye so (laughs) (laughs) no chill i know i know i know anyhow thanks for your um your question or your comment erica that was great
0: so, new message from Anonymous, who said, Thanks for doing the podcast, ladies. They really do feel in this ball darkness we all have. It sort of keeps the sh- show in the loop, too. Season <laughs> 4 was good because of all the Romelza sexy times, especially that thumb grace he did. Wonder whose idea that was. <laughs> well, the Maza clinging into that sheet for dear life, and it did expose a lot of breast." <laughs> She is wonderful, breasts. No. Ross is a lucky man, oh my. No. Other than that, I found season 4 very depressing. Not just all the deaths, the story too was so boring. Even the music was wow.
2: depressing. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> man. <clears throat> well To be uh, fair,
1: we counted all of the deaths, and it was basically a death every episode, apart from episode 5. So but,
0: well there were many deaths, but there were not deaths of like beloved characters like Henshaw or Francis, you know. I mean <laughs> I think maybe there were people who were disappointed in seeing Osborne leave so Me. <laughs>
2: Forever. Oh god. If for only he could have had a complete personality change and stuck around. <laughs> but then you know we wouldn't have been able to have yeah we wouldn't have been able to have Drake and Morwenna get together and you know that had to happen.
1: Oh, oh. Imagine how much better my life would be if Ozzy was still well he would have been raping her. Exactly, but, um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what if he had got castrated instead? Right? And oh, he's he's still alive <laughs> oh! and she's still married to him. Uh, but like everything's better that way, right? <laughs> well, I suppose. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I'm out here problem solving. I see a
2: problem. You still have you still have poor Drake wandering around,
1: sighing and looking at water yeah, and wells. Rosina, and Rosina wouldn't have been that's true jilted. Like that's look at true. Me. I've made everybody's lives better. Cause... That's true. I didn't um. really feel like the season was that depressing though. No, despite uh-uh. all of the death. I mean, there was enough like um, levity in the episodes to make them like enjoyable for the most part except for drake and you know you can turn that upside down by laughing at him which is what i often do so <laughs>
2: turn that frown upside down Yay!
1: <laughs> okay so our next email was from kathy she said overall i felt that season four was much better than series three it was truer to the books for the most part, and for the bits that were changed, I could actually see the rationale behind it. I'm not sure if Mammoth heard all the complaints about season three and changed course or not, but regardless, I'm glad they stayed fairly true to Angry Tide. That said, what I did not like about season four was the ghost of season three, Demelza, who seemed to linger much like the Diet Coke aftertaste <laughs> or cheap perfume long after <laughs> the wearer has left the room. Everyone already knows my feelings on season three Demelza because of how Debbie Horsfield changed up Demelza's characterization in series three. There was more than a few times when I questioned the sincerity of series four Demelza when she wanted to work things out with Ross. I question her sincerity because season three Demelza went off to shag Hugh after getting in an argument with Ross. For someone who was so quick to jump to conclusions about the church visit, who never gave Ross a chance to explain his side, and was so quick to head off to the dunes with Smarmitage. Smarmitage is a great name. Oh, why are you so late in our lives? Smarmitage. Where were you when we were doing Season 3 podcasts? (laughs) Anyway, um... Why should I believe that she suddenly matured 10 years and is ready to act like an adult? I don't like that I'm questioning her sincerity, especially because Season 4 Demelza is acting like Book Demelza. This is what happens when you change a character's personality in order to make something work, and then have to change it back again. This adaptation of Poldark as a whole has problems following its own continuity can i get a hell yeah uh, Yes. <laughs> never mind following the books and this is probably in my opinion the most egregious example of this i get that adapting other works for tv and working within a set amount of time can be difficult but i do think that debbie horsfield bears some responsibility for this by not sticking to one novel for series three especially now that there will be a series five preach this email is about damalza but i felt like this was true of most of the characters we talked especially about episode one prudy where she was suddenly like oh i'm so sorry (laughs) you shouldn't (laughs) sleep with you it's like you were literally telling her to do it 30
2: minutes i know (sighs) i know oh my god yeah, like you were basically going go for it girl go for it and it's like oh, oh what have I done
1: everybody has multiple personalities on this show <laughs>
2: yeah yeah exactly exactly but no, that's a that's a great email. Thanks, Kathy. Uh, Kathy, otherwise known as Prairie Cheesehead. So, you know, she's been supporting the podcast uh, for a long time. So, you know, we thank you so much for your support and for your thoughts uh, around the show. So thank you so much. Thank
3: you. Uh,
2: next, we have a note from Beth. Uh, she says, thank you for your terrific work on the Poldark podcast. I'm afraid I've come late to the party. I recently binge watched all three seasons of Poldark and will shortly start on the books. But I clearly recall watching Poldark in the 70s as a teenager. I was positively swept away by this epic romantic story and fell madly in love with Robin Ellis and Ross Poldark. Now here I am, all these years later, a professional woman with a husband and college-age daughters, and again, I've fallen hard for Aidan Turner's magical turn as Ross. This time around, your detailed insights into character and plot make make it that much more enjoyable. Please continue your good work. I look forward to watching series 4 here in the states and to every one of your podcasts.
1: Oh, why is everyone so nice? <laughs> <laughs> You're oh, not usually gosh. this nice. What happened? <laughs>
2: Oh man, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um I've got a, another friend of mine who watched the show back in the 70s and and then read all of the books as well. Uh Robin Ellis and you know, we've done commentary on the 70s episodes for uh basically the first two first two series of the show there that actually covered up to the end of Warleggan. and uh
1: I have to agree Robin Ellis sexy vampire Ross. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> With like Rick absolutely hair.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean and if you read the description of Ross uh from the books, you know Ross was uh fairly gaunt. Yeah. Um you know uh fairly slender and Robin Ellis fits fits that to the T. And, of course, he's got that voice, too. So, you know, damn. Plus, sometimes it he looks had... like
1: he's staring into the like people's souls. Like, he would just look at yeah. them. It's like he's doing that... What's that thing that vampires do where they just talk to you and they... Oh, oh, God. There is a word for it, and it has escaped uh... my brain. <sighs> I did oh, not God. read Twilight closely enough.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, please, no. Glimmering? It, you know... Is it
1: glimmering? So glam
2: a glamouring glamouring, that's it.
1: Like-
2: Don't ask me, because words are flying out of my head like like crazy. So
1: <laughs> You need the words for the podcasting people. I know, I know,
2: I know, I know, I know. Uh but no, thank you so much. Um it's really great to hear that uh fans from you know back in the seventies have really accepted uh this series uh, you know, for you know, as its own entity, it's, it's really great to hear that there are folks that, that saw it in the seventies that love the new adaptation as well and kind of wave their fists around, uh, <laughs> along with us uh, from time to time. Yeah. And as far as the show here in the States, you know, we are less than 30 days away from the premiere of the show here in the States. Uh, and I think what I'm going to do is I am going to do a due diligence of the scenes that they wind up cutting out, uh, from each of the episodes so that we can talk about, share that information, uh, here on the show. So I've got some homework to do watching series four, and I'll be doing some of that while I'm in Cornwall. Uh, but, uh, Look forward to hearing some thoughts on the missing pieces of the show uh, when we get uh, to the air date for Series 4
1: in the States. Anybody want to guess what they caught out? I suspect oh, it might be Sam again.
2: Oh. <laughs> I think Sam is probably going to wind up getting 86 pretty hard.
3: <sighs>
2: Sam. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> We heart Sam. He needs more air time, but we know that's not going to happen. Okay, moving on to Cornish Countdown.
0: In just a few days' time, Michelle will be jetting across the Atlantic Ocean and over to London. And then Cornwall, are you excited? Oh,
2: Oh my God, yes. I am so, so, so excited about it. Um I've been plotting my uh packing strategies and <laughs> with an eagle eye on the weather report because you know that's that determines whether or not I have a small case or a large case. Uh so far the small case is winning but you never know. So anyhow I'm totally excited. Well, we got a few
0: messages in from listeners of it. <laughs>
1: uh first Anon said think I will go to Badruggan Steps this year and Truro, eh? we've never been before and I have been going to Cornwall all my life on and off. Where are you visiting this year? I know they've changed some of the filming locations this year due to paps more than fans. The papers spoilt the story of uh, Demelza and Hugh Armitage in the dunes last year and Mammoth are keen not to repeat that. Mind you, she will not go on these dunes again with Ross. <laughs> now, oh God, now them in the dunes would be hot to see. Lol, <laughs> enjoy it. And the pasties, lol. <laughs> oh, the pasties. pasties are amazing. Pasties. Oh, oh
2: my God. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. Um, I uh, have been in touch with Karen from Poldark's Cornwall about the plans for the trip, and it's going to be a blast. Uh, we're going to be going down the mine, uh, and we're gonna learn how to make pasties, uh, <laughs> uh, visiting Nampara and some of the other filming locations too that they've used, uh, in the previous series uh if they're if they happen to be doing any filming uh we'll also do as much as we can to go in and watch some of that uh so we're got our fingers crossed i'm not even sure if they're going to be doing any filming there or not so we'll we'll see what happens uh there are about 18 other people that are going to be part of this tour wow uh, so yeah Whoa. i know um and uh we're all going to be staying at this amazing location. So uh, I'll include some more information on that as I'm uh, wandering about Cornwall with the gang. Uh, So more to come on that. Uh, There are some folks that I've already met on the tour, including Kate, who uh, I met there last year, uh, as well as some of the others who have commented (gasps) here on the pod And some of the folks that I've met through my writings. So it's going to be off the chain. I know in one of the rooms, uh, Karen said she's going to have series four basically running on a loop. So
1: you can (laughs) boss with the drink. Right. You can just like,
2: exactly, exactly. So, uh, I think that it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. Awesome. And, uh, uh, I'll record as much as I can, uh, so that we can share it in future episodes. And I think we should try to do a recording, uh, while I'm on the trip, uh, with the two of you and as many of the folks who are on the tour as would like to participate. That so fun. I think that, that could be a lot of yes. fun.
0: So we had two more messages from Anonymous. So the first one, all in caps. Gosh, you are on a countdown. Me too. I will be there on the 9th for a week. We love it when the kids have gone back to school. We go every year, but it's only been since Paul Dark in 2014 that we looked at the filming locations, went to Minock years ago, and Charleston. Enjoy, and I hope Verity makes you a cuppa.
2: (laughs) I would love a cuppa from Verity. Absolutely.
0: And a second message from Anonymous, uh, less enthusiastic, who said, Beware of pickpockets in your theater stage door. People are distracted taking pics, and they use that to distract you. My friend had her purse took because, because she reached her program out for signing, which she did not sign because there were too many men last night in the way. Well, professional autograph hunters who sell these signings on. Anyway, my friend in... My friend in all the excitement for lots to zip her back up while taking pics. Oh so be vigilant god. in London. It's very safe, but there are a lot of a lot of done and outs asking for money. They're working teams, bump into you, just be aware. And you will love and you will have a fabulous time.
2: Oh my god. Thanks for that tip, Nani. And my God, it's, it's such a damn shame that that kind of thing happens. And I'm really sorry about your friend's experience. That's horrible. Uh, I, whenever I travel, I tend not to take a purse with me. Um, I, that I rely on my pockets and my front pockets or <laughs> to be quite frank, down the bra. <laughs> a <classic>. uh, so. <laughs> Exactly. So, uh, you know, if they try to pick my pockets, they're going to draw back a stump because I will get medieval on somebody trying to reach into a pocket or worse yet draw. down the shirt. <laughs> so yeah, not going to happen. Um, I am looking forward to seeing both, uh, Haida and Aiden's, uh, performances on the ninth. I believe it is. Yes. No. The 8th, excuse me. Uh, and uh, will probably be screeching on all of the social media about my experiences. Uh, you'll see all kinds of pictures from the trip. Uh, so feel free to um, like, retweet, blah, blah, blah uh, when you see those. And I really look forward to sharing more with everyone when I get back.
1: Yay! Have fun. fun. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay, finally, I just wanted <laughs> to take a moment to talk about a brand new show that started this Sunday night on ITV. Uh, it's actually, um had another episode last night, episode two aired, but I was just way too sleepy to watch it live. I got about 30 <laughs> seconds in and was like, oh no, I can't concentrate. Uh, so I think I'll watch it after we finish recording. I'm excited. Um, I... I figured it might be of interest to our listeners because it's yet another mammoth screen production and it's an adaptation of Vanity Fair. Uh, Those of you unfamiliar with the novel, it was written by William Thackeray, first as a 17 part serial and then published in 1848. So it's technically a Victorian novel, but its setting is during the early part of the 19th century very regency particularly the napoleonic wars features very heavily in it so in that respect we have a bit of a bit of a crossover with the poldark timeline maybe ross Polduck will run across the screen at one point <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, as i said the first episode aired on sunday it's got seven parts and so far i'm like a huge fan of it uh olivia cook is killing it as becky sharp she's doing a lot of jim Halpit looks to the camera when she's about to be manipulative it is great <laughs> uh, i'm really looking forward to see how they manage to adapt such a gigantic book it is huge uh-huh. i remember trying to read it when i was 12 years old and being like oh, this is gonna take me a few months um uh, <laughs> And I've never been able to reread it again. Um, <laughs> I think it'll be really interesting to maybe compare and contrast its production and reception with that of Poldark. I mean, it's different because it's a miniseries, but in the first episode alone, they blew the dark production out of the water with a a oh much better depiction of Vauxhall Gardens. I was legit giggling to myself while watching the scene because of just how pathetic oh! Podark looked, looked by contrast. I mean, oh. there was like seven fire breathers and gigantic <laughs> like extras. <laughs> there was a hot air balloon. <laughs> there was a woman walking a tightrope. There was just like thousands of people in every scene and it just looked amazing. Um, I think maybe I should put the scenes side by side and post it on Instagram or something because it was truly staggering. Oh my god, that would be awesome! And that think would be awesome. Same production company. Yeah. 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 Anyway, using mm, their money differently, uh, everybody should watch it because it's fun. Oh my gosh. I.
2: Okay. Uh, well, uh, of course, it's going to be difficult for, for me to watch it. Um, here in the states, especially to get caught up, because I I can't get my VPN to work for level money, anything. So I can't use the the viewers. So maybe I'll see if I can catch up while I'm over ITV in Hub? UK.
1: Just go on the internet; <laughs> you can watch like three or four episodes.
2: Uh, I'll, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try because you know, God knows, I love period drama. And on
0: that note, that is all from us in this week's podcast. We will be back soon, probably with an episode about Michelle's Cornish Adventure. Yay! So keep an eye on wherever you subscribe to us for that pod drop. In the meantime, please go over to Apple Pod and give us that five stars. No other stars accepted. You can contact <laughs> us by emailing PaulDarkPodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Podcast. But by far the easiest option is to go to our Tumblr page and go to our Ask Box. See you all bye next bye. time. Bye bye. Bye. Stop. Whoa, yes. Wait a minute. The postman. Wait. Wait.
3: wait, wait, wait. The postman. The postman. Look see. see